Back in the late winter, early spring, we were desperate to control erosion, so we put that ryegrass down. But it seems nearly every day now the woman I love is reminding me we don't want to do that again. Welcome to Longleaf Breeze. Beginners learning subsistence farming using three simple principles. Approaching but never reaching subsistence. It's got to be fun while we're doing it. And we don't make allness statements. And now, Lee and Amanda Borden. Welcome to our podcast of May 13, 2010. Yes, you're right, Lee. The ryegrass, looking back on it, uh, was probably a mistake. However, we were faced with a quandary. We had... Um, a lot of rain, as everybody knows by now. Wet, wet, wet. Wet, wet, wet. And that, if you denude a hill the way we have, veg hill, you got to plant something that's going to hold the soil. So, you know, we were convinced that ryegrass was the type of grass that would not survive into warm weather or at least hot weather. And here it is mid-May and it's going strong. And someone told you, we don't, I think maybe at Verbena Feed and Seed. Okay. At Verbena Feed and Seed, they told you it would be uh, dying in early May. May. They didn't say early. They did say May. Well, here it is, the middle of May, and the ryegrass does appear to be strong and vibrant and just as happy as it can be. Right. It's not showing any signs of dying, and what it's doing is growing. And it's competing with everything you're planting on Veg Hill. It's the grass that wouldn't die. And I guess the the most recent news we've gotten about the ryegrass is that it's actually allelopathic, which is just terrible, just terrible. And But the good news is it's not planted with each seed. I mean, we did dig it up or I planted around it or something with, I mean, there are some of it coming up through the plants themselves and I pull that up. But the main thing is just, just really um, interfering with you know the the profile like some of these little plants are trying to get up and get some sun and i even mulched and put hay down over the existing grass but that grass is continuing to grow right on through so it's a it's a struggle and i don't want to remove all the uh, i mean i do pull it up by hand but when i've covered it with mulch i don't want to have to pick the mulch up and then pull up rye grass and then put mulch back it's just you know because we've got a large area that's planted now and we're hoping it will die soon Yes, we're hoping it will die, and we we won't be doing that next year. So we figure whatever suffering we're going through this year with it, it's our last time to do it. <laughs> we certainly hope that we won't see the ryegrass again. It has not had a chance to go to seed. So uh, presumably when it dies in May or June or July, July. <laughs> it won't be coming back. We, we will not be inviting it back. That it won't. And you might mention that we went to this... Um, a very helpful workshop on cover crops Tuesday, I believe, the 11th. Sponsored by a raft of organizations, the USDA and the um, Soil Dynamics Laboratory in Auburn and so forth. It was helpful. And we learned a lot about the kinds of cover crops that we want to use in the future um, to, to protect that area. Right. We learned about, um, well, Well, we sun had a hemp. chance to talk with them about sun hemp, which, which had been our plan all along right. for the east half of Veg right. Hill. And uh, we've now ordered our seed and looking forward to getting some seed in that we can plant. 
and whatever's left over, we're going to plant over on the green field so that it can uh, have a chance to develop some biomass over there. Mm -hmm. Well, I think we should talk about another big project we had going on down in Veg Hill, which was finally trellising our muscadines. I'll take a minute and just talk through how we've done this. We did not have the room to place a dead man at either end of the row. So that meant we were extraordinarily dependent on the strength of the posts. I opted, rightly or wrongly, to use six-by-six posts. Those are stout puppies. And so we uh, sank nine six-by-six posts and then attached a lateral to each post consisting of two two two-by-fours laminated together with bolts and uh, liquid nails. So there's a lot of strength there. We're anticipating heavy muscadines. We hope we hope we have a problem there. We already have four planted, and we plan to plant three more plants uh, whenever we can get hold of them. And yeah. uh, it, may, it may not be till winter or something. I don't know. But right now we're just going to be uh, – because we really don't have room out there in the fenced area to do more than that. However, if we can get good, strong – healthy plants going. I think we'll have plenty of muscadines for ourselves. We certainly hope so. We used tractor to punch the holes for the posts, which was fun. And I think there's uh, something on the blog about letting tractor play on Veg Hill again. And if there is, I'll um, include a link to it on the show notes page. But we ended up with a trellis that we're proud of. We we really like the look of it. Mm -hmm. And it does seem to be plenty strong. And now our task is to prune the muscadines in such a way that they will use it. Yes. Our um, the what they tell you is you want to eliminate all but one good shoot and send that shoot vertically, and um, then when it gets up near the top to where it's close to the cable. We're going to split that shoot and force it to divide so that one side of the shoot will go to each side. And then when it gets to the cable itself, we'll force it to split again so that it goes in each direction on the cable. So we should have a um, really nice growing area for each muscadine plant. Mm -hmm. We will only have seven plants but they will be seven plants that are well cared for. Yes. And, you know, we actually, when we went to the wrong place, the Randall Farm, we went to the one yeah. of their other farms on the way to this workshop the other day, we stumbled onto their muscadine growing area. It was beautiful. I have muscadine envy for that. And, of course, they have a lot. It's a large, um, you know, I guess, cash crop profit making farm i would assume so and for us we're just going to grow a few but i thought if our the branches could look the way those did i think with seven plants we'll have plenty i would think so ourselves. too. so we'll and keep you uh, while we were on a roll punching those holes and sinking those six by six posts we went ahead and sank the post for the clothesline clothesline will be just west of the pole barn here so that when we have clothes come out of the washing machine, we can take them straight out um, the back door onto the grass there and hang them up on the clothesline. And I hope you will allow me to be the designated clothesline user. I, I feel like it's something that 
is not a that it's not something you're committed to, but I you know am we can talk about it. it. I actually don't mind using a clothesline, so we can talk about it. Okay, fair enough. But Good. can't I, wait to get the grass growing though. That's well, going to be a big issue. That's the other thing we've been working on, and we we had to think through the sequence of it. And what we ended up saying is, let's get our topsoil spread and nice and smooth. Then let's sink the posts. Then we'll come back now that we sank the post yesterday. We'll come back now and plant some centipede on that uh, topsoil and I guess cover it with straw or... Right. We've got some straw mm -hmm, that we can put And on um, keep it well watered. Mm -hmm. And um, then hope that the centipede comes up and uh, that it will make that clothesline area pleasant to use. Right. Well, um, let's go back down to Veg Hill and talk about uh, not three sisters, but two sisters. That's right. I uh, Well, part of my method and my madness of planting two instead of three sisters, uh, that is the two being corn and beans. And you together. may want to talk just a little bit about three sisters. Three to... sisters, right, is a concept that actually um, American Indians used to use. Uh, started with them, and I understand from a friend of mine that the two sisters comment, uh, and I don't know if it's called two sisters, the two sisters, corn and beans, uh, is a South American thing. But um, at any rate, what you do for three sisters is plant corn, pole beans, or into some kind of climbing bean, and squash together with the, the idea that the corn will grow nice and tall, and if you plant the right kind of corn, it can support this. Um, and uh, then your beans will climb the corn, and the squash, you know, the way squash branch out and have huge leaves, they will actually shade the area to keep weeds from coming up. Um, and my, keep the ground cool. And keep the ground cool. And the reason I opted to do a two sisters in where along two of my corn planting rows is um, the squash need a little bit more room to spread out. This way I could place my corn closer together and get more bang for my buck and so we'll see um i'm not ruling out doing a three sisters planting in some area uh, the corn that i'm using for the two sisters is a dent corn which um if you don't know that term it's designed it's the kind of corn that if you let it uh, stay on the stalk long enough you can actually dry it and grind it for cornmeal which is what we're planning to do um and it's an heirloom variety that i planted can you also eat Dent corn? I believe so, yes. Okay. Yes, you can. Um, depending One on other advantage of Three Sisters is that when you use the Three Sisters methodology, you can keep planting in that same area year after year after year because the beans compensate for the, uh, the nitrogen depletion of the corn by fixing nitrogen and putting it back. Does does that extend to the two sisters? I don't think? know. That's a really good question. I can I can All find right. out about it. And I may end up doing uh, three sisters to get. I haven't completed the corn planting. I've got three other varieties of corn I haven't put out yet. I've got some blue corn, another a uh, white corn, and another dent corn of Tennessee red. And uh, the one I put out I think was a hickory, um, hickory dent. Anyway, those. Um, to get my blocks of corn, which you need for cross-pollination, 
you know, three or four rows together, I need to put some more out. And maybe I'll do a two, uh, three sisters with some of those. Okay. Just give it a chance to But one thing out. we know you will need is lots and lots of sun yes. when you do that. And some in some areas of Veg Hill, we didn't have that. Although you fixed that a little bit this past week, didn't you? <laughs> we took down even more trees on Veg Hill. That was, um, it was a difficult decision for us when we put the deer fence up, whether to take down all the trees or leave some of them. We thought at the time, okay, we may be grateful for a little bit of shade, so let's leave this tree here and this tree there. Well, the more we use Veg Hill, the more we find ourselves saying, get that tree out of the way. We want full yeah, sun. They we cast want a full lot of sun. Yeah. There is just no substitute when you're growing food for full sun from dawn till dusk. And, um, you know, the, the shade areas, they are great for ornamentals and lots of things. You know, lots of ornamentals want morning sun and afternoon shade right. and so forth. But corn, beans, tomatoes, peppers, cucumbers, okra, they want sun, and we need to give it to mm-hmm. them. That's right. So we, uh, you took those trees down, and we do have one more tree out there that would be nice to get it down. But as you pointed out to me during the week, it's not... It's so huge, and it you can't control where it comes down easily. It could fall on the fence. It could fall on the plantings. If I were have. a real man, I could control it. And um, I think what I will do when that time comes is get an earth anchor from True Value and hitch a come along to the earth anchor and just give some real tension to that big oak tree, pulling in the direction we want it to fall. And then when I saw it in the right way to encourage it to fall in that direction, we hope it will actually do right. so. And if we don't do that till fall or winter, you know, when we have the place cleared out a little bit, that's fine. I'm not in a yeah. huge hurry because we have plenty of cultivation areas, so that's good. Yes, we do. And that uh, firewood pile up on the hill keeps saying, "When? what about me? What about me? <laughs> so many urgent tasks around yes. here. Yes. Uh, we discovered that the firewood pallets we built needed to be braced diagonally after we had built them. So I've gone back and retrofitted all except one with that diagonal bracing. The reason I've not done it is that it's still filled with firewood. And um, when we empty it, it will get diagonally braced as well. Um, But I'm getting a little nervous about those firewood uh, segments sitting up there in a big pile. I'm a little nervous that they may be uh, too moist and that they may be in the process of rotting. So both of us are nervous and we need to get them, get that done. Our, we have a pleasant problem with the firewood. We think we've got more than enough to fill the available pallets. And what we think, well, you may have some separate thoughts on this, but I think what we talked about doing is just going ahead and splitting it and stacking it and just uh, plan to use it to fill the first pallet that opens up. Yeah, just stack it on top of some of those. I think that makes sense. Um, The other projects that have kept us busy this week uh, have been dealing with the... um, I guess you would say more beautification of the our area. We have and some friends coming. attracting beneficial insects. Yeah, I was going to say our our we have a method to our madness on that too. Whenever we uh, beautify with flor- flowering plants, it's also a means of attracting beneficial 
insects and pollinators. So we, well, those are beneficial insects and also some that might um, eliminate pests like yes. having hummingbirds. That really helps in both areas. So um, we, uh, we constructed as a part of the project of re kind of overhauling the backyard of the barn apartment, um, we constructed an, another flower bed out west of the house and it's or it's west of the barn it um is populated with two azaleas they're fashion azaleas beautiful big um, kind of a salmon colored bud or or blossom um some salvia an abelia and a miniature gardenia uh, we hope that and of course i mulched that really well and watered it so it looks pretty happy right now we also i planted some about eight azaleas out in the um kind of a, what I'm going to call a natural area, a tree a tree stand that we have out uh, north of the barn, which will ultimately, when we build our lodge, as we hope to, it will be an area that you can see from both the lodge and the barn. It's between the two. Um, so that stand of trees, the first kind of civilizing addition I've made is to put eight azaleas out there, five George Tabor and three Mrs. G.G. Gerbing, and they're the more Formosa-type, big large flowers um so i think those will look nice i'm just it's, a, it's going to be a challenge to keep them watered they do look but, nice and i agree with you that's going to be the challenge because they're sort of off the beaten path of right, watering activity right. and i've been uh watering the blueberries this week too they they're we've actually got some berries coming along little fruit it's yeah it's fun to see yeah, it is fun so um we had a problem, though, with the bush hog this week. Do you want to talk about that? It had a little scary moment. It was a scary moment. What it, what basically happened is I was backing into some privet trying to cut it with the bush hog, and the housing of the bush hog caught against a stump and bent inward as I was backing up, which meant that the blades of the bush hog were spinning right past it, and they actually sliced into that housing and you can imagine how loud that was. Um, so we've got some repair work to do. And we have some friends coming, uh, people from the Serendipity class and Vestavia Hills United Methodist Church. So we will welcome them on Saturday. We're trying to get our place looking nice and somewhat civilized for their visit. So the bush hog will need to be operative. We certainly hope we can get the bush hog operating and use it to do a little final sprucing up That's before right. our friends arrive. You want to talk a little bit about our anniversary present? Well, I should mention that our 36th anniversary is coming up on May 25th, and we were wondering what to get each other for that. Well, as... I suggested diamonds. Yes, that's true. But you did get me diamonds earlier, so... Um, I suggested a really romantic present, which is we've been wanting um, a chipper for the longest time, <laughs> a mulcher chipper. So we just decided this was the perfect romantic gift to give each other. And we are really excited about it. It's going to be a great anniversary if we can get that and get it working because it, it will give us a ready source of mulch that we can use not only on Veg Hill but for the composting toilet, for the various ornamental beds. I mean, we're really looking forward to having that. Right. So, and and there are so many areas, as we've talked about before on this, um, our podcasts about the the damaged uh, woods that we've had from the logging, and there are all kinds of piles out there that have 
what we've been doing in the past is simply burning it. But wouldn't it be nice, for especially some of the more manageable size pieces, to chip that up and just be able to use it as mulch and return it to nature in that form? So we're absolutely. Hoping to do so. Well, I guess our time's about up for today, but we'll catch you next week, and uh, we hope you have a really good week. You've been listening to Longleaf Breeze with Lee and Amanda Borden. We'd love to hear from you. You can call the farm at 334-625-8682, send email to letters at longleafbreeze.com, or you can send us honest-to-goodness mail at P.O. Box 780446, Tallahassee, Alabama 36078. To browse our archive, to learn more about the farm and about Lee and Amanda, and to talk with other listeners, visit us at longleafbreeze.com. Thanks for listening. See you next week.